Wins and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Five o'clock hour, Burns and Gambo. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. John Gambadero, Dave Burns, with you till 5.30. Suns, losers again last night to the Milwaukee Bucks, 116-104. Next up for the Suns, things get a little easier with the schedule. Well, a lot easier if you just look at the teams. They go from three games in four nights against the Kings, the Warriors, and the Bucks, and instead they get the Orlando Magic, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the LA Lakers, but as Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend. Because if you're to look at the standings, Oklahoma City, they have a lot to play for. The LA Lakers have a lot to play for. This is not, you know, it's an easier stretch, no doubt, but understand the two of the next three teams have a lot on the line that they're playing for. They're playing for their lives to get into the to the playoffs to get you know make sure that they get in. So Oklahoma City's playing hard. They got a good team with Giddy and Shea Gilgis Alexander. The Lakers are hit and miss. They're not playing Anthony Davis tonight, right after the win last night. So yep. he's going to sit. But they play Houston, so they might be able to win that game uh, even without him. Uh, but yeah, the tight the standings are tight. It's it's very difficult now to look at it and figure out where the Suns are going to fit. I think it's becoming very painfully obvious that they're not going to move up at all to get to the two or the three seed. And I don't even know if they can hold on to the four seed. Um, you know, you're probably looking at somewhere between four, five, and six. I think that's that's realistic that they'll end up fourth, fifth, or sixth. Yeah. I don't think they get in the play because they're going to listen. They're going to win some of these games. They are going to win some of these games. They're not going to have a 12 game losing streak. They're going to win some of these games. Right. They still have one of the best players on the planet in Devin Booker. You still have Chris Paul's going to the Hall of Fame. You got DeAndre Ayton. You got, you know, you, you've got guys to play hard. It, they're going to win some of these basketball games. They're not going to be on this crazy losing streak. No, I, I agree. It's just that they're getting close to a line I don't want them to get to. Yeah, the playing game. You yeah. don't want to play it. They're only two games in the loss column away from that. And, and while I have no doubt they could survive the play-in tournament, I just don't want them to have to deal with that because it's you just don't know. You don't. Luca could get hot. LeBron could get hot. You, you and it's the we had talked with. James about this earlier, James Jones, and there's that extra rest that's built in too with staying out of the play-in tournament, right? Like you're out of the play-in tournament, you get a few extra days off that those other teams don't. Hopefully, they're able to kind of at least keep themselves out of that. I there is a needle to be threaded here, and if they can thread it, it's really not a bad option. If the Suns were to fall to six. Stay out of the play-in tournament and not and avoid that four or five matchup, which could be the Clippers or the Warriors. Let the Clippers and the Warriors both pass you. Let them play each other to death in the four or five matchup. You settle in at six. Stay out of the play-in. Get Sacramento or Memphis in the first round. You wouldn't play Denver until the Western Conference Championships in that scenario. You'd stay. So think about it. You fall to six, and you're in the bracket where there's no Denver, no Golden State, no Clippers depending on how it works out, until the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, now, that'd be great. On the other hand, if you got Kevin Durant, I'm not afraid of any of those teams. If you're fully healthy and constructed and you're whole again, I'm not afraid of any of yeah, those teams. But there's two teams. teams that you might be afraid of more than anybody, especially with the Nuggets collapsing right now, is Golden State and the yeah, Clippers. Is that 4-5 matchup. Let them, let them be 4-5. Fall to 6. Just don't fall to 7. And that's why I mean about threading the needle here a little bit. It's a little, it's a little dicey, but if you can thread it, that might be the best case scenario for the Phoenix Suns. Tell you what else would be the best case scenario for the Suns, and that would be to get Devin Booker some help. Yeah, he had a couple defensive lapses last night, but for the most part, I thought he was excellent. Carrying the team in the third quarter, basically refusing to come off the court 
I mean, nobody said as much, but it was really obvious watching that game from his body language. Hey, man, I'm not leaving. He probably played too many minutes, and he gave him everything he had. He ran out of gas about halfway through that fourth quarter. He was good. He needs some help on this roster. He's not getting it. I mean, DeAndre Ayton. What was DeAndre Ayton's number in the fifth in the fourth quarter of that basketball game? Five. He was zero for five in the fourth. Here's the other thing. I mean, take a look at Josh Okoji, and he plays a good defense. There was a time when Josh Okoji's offense was actually uh, right up there with his defense. Not anymore. Like his numbers in February were terrific. His numbers in March are pitiful. He's been terrible. It's 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 mind-boggling to see. You're not getting anything out of Okoji. You're not getting anything out of Tory Craig. It's it's you're not getting much out of Chris Paul. I mean, his ability to be a secondary scorer is gone. Like it's just gone. And Da. I mean, at times he's a secondary scorer, but at times it's just like you you're very frustrated because he's still the same player that he's been for many years. So it does appear that Devin Book is very much on an island by himself with the starters. And then for the most part, you haven't got very good bench play for a while. You ready for these numbers on Akogi? I've got them right here. Yeah. In February, mm-hmm. Josh Akogi shot nearly 51% from the floor, 46% from three, which was never going to be sustained. Okay, that was way too much. And he was averaging 16 points per game on 33 minutes per game. So far, seven games in the month of March, Josh Akogi is shooting 32% from the floor, 31% from three, still playing 30 minutes a game. But eleven points per game. Obviously, he's yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy that they signed, and the reason why nobody wanted him because he couldn't shoot, couldn't score. He was one for five last night. Go look at his last few games. He has really, really struggled. He's starting. You're not getting anything at him. Torrey Craig is starting. You're not getting anything out of him. Chris Paul could give you ten or eleven points these days, but it's very rare he gives you much more than that. So you're not getting him. You have those three guys had twenty five points last night. A Koji, Craig, and Paul at twenty five points. So you're not getting much out of them. It's it's very frustrating. He needs help. The help is there. It's Kevin Durant. He's got to come back. But in the meantime, you know, you're watching the games. You, again, you try not to get too high or too low. For the most part, it's been trying not to get too low. But Devin Booker right now, without Kevin Durant, very, very difficult. I was encouraged by how campaign last night. I thought he was the second biggest reason why the Suns got back in that game in the third quarter. The pace and the way he played that game. Jock Landale, Monty's clearly, you mentioned this earlier in the show, and there's no doubt. Monty is searching. He's he's trying. He's he brought like he brought like eight shirts into the dressing room with him, right? And he's trying one on, ripping it off, trying on another one, ripping yeah. it off. Right? He's clearly doing that with his roster right now. And I don't think he's liking what he's seeing in the mirror because he's just he can't find the right combination well, that he's looking for right now. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, he started the first center off the bench was was Biz, but those starters last night. I mean, they didn't like they didn't have any points in the for the bench guys. The, the bench guys. This was the first guy off the bench for the center. The bench guys didn't score. They had 13 minutes in the first quarter. They didn't score a basket, the bench guys. So when D.A. got in foul trouble, he didn't go to Biz. He went to Landale. So I got to get some offense here. So he went to Landale, hoping to get a little bit of offense out of Landale. So you can see the way he's kind of mixing and matching right now. Or just and In a way, kind of grasping at straws, trying to figure out the right combination of bench guys. It does feel a little desperate. And I know the Suns aren't desperate, but Monty trying to find guys who will work for him, it does feel a little desperate like right now. Like he's reaching a little bit. And and you can sense that kind of desperation. If we're having a conversation about Devin Booker being on an island and who's gonna bring the boat, I mean it's got that conversation has to start with DeAndre, right? Yes. It has to. I, I mean DeAndre, Unless you want to go Chris. Unless you think Chris is uh, 
you know, you've done it before, Chris Paul. You've been there. You've been a secondary up, up to a year ago. You were a secondary scorer. Like, can you not do it anymore? The problem is the two guys that you would want to be the guy to get Booker off the island are both so unreliable for two entirely different reasons. Chris, because of his age, and DeAndre, because he's DeAndre. And, and that's, if you're counting on them to be the guy to get Devin Booker off the island, it's hard. It's hard to, tr- I want to trust Chris. He's made a Hall of Fame first ballot career out of being that guy. I just don't know if he's that guy anymore. I don't think he's that guy anymore. Yeah. And DeAndre, I, we've, we've all, I don't know how many more words need to be said about the inconsistency of DeAndre Eaton and who he is, other than to realize that this is who he is, but... They need more. And yeah, the I just don't know if they're going to get it from either one of those guys. of like he's still only, only 24 years old. I mean, that stuff, that wears out after a while. You've been in the league for five years. You know, it's all like, okay, like, I know you're still young and centers take a long time to develop and all of that stuff, but catch the freaking ball last night when Devin Booker passes. That was a huge play in the game. You know, his ability to hold on to it. So it, it, it it's t- it's difficult with DeAndre because he's a good, talented player, and he's capable of more. When you don't see it, you get frustrated. Yesterday, Gambo called it annoying, losing draft picks in their prime. It's becoming a very bad trend for the Arizona Cardinals, and we'll share it with you coming up on Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? ASU basketball is on tonight. Starts at 610 Right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's the reason why we're off a little bit. Ted Lasso, when it's over? You said a drop today? Season, I mean, episode one of season three dropped today. Like you, I'm going to wait a week or two until we get a little bit of of runway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although I'll tell you, I'll keep advocating for it. That show Shrinking, that's on the same streaming platform, Apple Plus. It's really good. It's shrinking. Very, shrinking. It's very similar to Ted Lasso. It's got a, it's the same producers, the same, the guy who plays Roy Kent, the guy who plays the assistant coach to Jason Sudeikis. They're like the producers of the show. Harrison Ford's in it. He's it really sports? funny. No, no. It's Not about, it's about therapists and, and, oh, okay. um, Funny show. It's not as good as Ted Lasso, but it's it's good. It's good. It's a nice little warm up act, if you will, for Ted Lasso coming back. Um, but yeah, ASU basketball tonight, six ten, and it's the play in game. It's the final play in game of the Dayton, and then tomorrow, madness. Away we go. Here we go. The first round of the NCAA yeah. tournament. We'll have. I, I thank goodness to our tech team here in the building. All four monitors are working, and all four of these will be on basketball tomorrow. Don't say it's it too a, loudly. It's always a great. It's always a great day. It's a day, day. A lot of people take off from work, sit home, just watch all the games, and you know, you hope for the buzzer beaters in the upset sets. And you got to get your bracket in. You got to get. You got to get your bracket. I put my bracket in. Yeah. yeah so I've got Houston over Bama in the championship game. I got U of A in the Elite Eight. I got UCLA, Houston, Bama, Marquette in the Final Four. I'm going to fill mine out tonight during the ASU game. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. I do it like a Ouija board. I just kind of grab a pencil, blank piece of paper, and I just start writing. And stuff down and whatever comes out comes out. There's no rhyme or reason to it. You, you've, I'm sure you've put some thought into it. Wolfley uses bit, yeah. the BPI. He just goes straight BPI. Oh, That's does all he? he does. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And usually he usually does pretty good. He usually does pretty well going straight BPI. Yeah, that's not that's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all. So we've got to, we're off a little early today. We've got ASU pregame coverage coming up at five thirty. The game right after six o'clock. We'll be back tomorrow at straight up two o'clock. In the meantime, let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals a little bit. Yesterday, um, you used the word annoying, annoying to describe. I'm what the still Cardinals. annoyed. <laughs> are, are you more annoyed by Zach Allen or Byron Murphy? 
the combination that they didn't get one. I don't know. I was okay with something that you said. Like you gotta, you gotta keep one of those guys. I'm annoyed that the, the Arizona Cardinals have this penchant now for always, you know, drafting players that are good. And then they're out by the time they're 25 years old. They leave and they don't. You know, we've seen it. Where Hassan Reddick had 12 and a half sacks. They, they misjudged him. And now he's a great pass rusher. Christian Kirk, he was a good receiver. Now he's a great receiver. He's Jacksonville's best last year. They didn't want to pay him. And now this year with Zach Allen and then, you know, obviously Byron Murphy. Like All four of those guys are good football players. You can't just let good football players walk for nothing. For nothing. Like zero. You, what do you get a fifth round compensatory pick for Murphy? So it's very frustrating to see an, an organization draft players that... And, and this team's had a hard time drafting good players. Darn right they have. Okay? Yes, sir. So when you do draft a guy that's good, the fact that they don't hold on to him, it's kind of mind-boggling to me. So yeah, I used the word annoying. I'm annoyed that they let so many good young players go and they don't keep them. Yeah, I respect that. I'm more annoyed about the Byron Murphy thing just because the terms of the contract the I thought were very doable for the Cardinals. Very doable. I don't know how they didn't match it. I mean, it, it, initially on the surface, it was two years to 22 million. And even at that cost, I'm like, okay, you could have done that. But then when you peel back the layers of the onion and realize what the deal really actually was, it's closer to like two years, $18 million. Most of it's in year one. It's basically a one year prove it deal for Byron Murphy. Come on, guys, you couldn't have done that. You, you, you couldn't have done that for Byron Murphy, giving him the... Now, there's another thing to consider here, too, and we haven't brought this up. We brought it up yesterday, but we haven't brought it up today. Is it possible the Cardinals did want both of those players back and both of those players didn't want to come back? Do we have to at least acknowledge that's a possibility? Sure. That Byron Murphy said, yeah, I appreciate the offer. I'd rather leave. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate the offer. I'd rather go to Denver if I'm Zach Allen. That's at least a possibility that has to be acknowledged. Why did you let it get there? Why weren't these guys locked up before they hit free agency? Good teams don't let let players like that get to this point. They lock them up. You could have locked them up. They locked up Jalen Thompson. Why didn't you lock up these guys earlier when you could have? Now that I'll buy. You should have locked them up earlier. You should have locked up. That I will buy. If you really liked them that much, you should have made sure they never got to this point. Because the good teams, I mean, what do we say about free agents all the time? These guys are free agents for a reason, right? Their teams looked at them and decided, yeah, we don't want to keep you. Well, I think for the Arizona Cardinals, with at least one of these guys, it could be argued they should have done that with. Now, the Zach Allen thing, that's a lot of money. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm fine to let Zach Allen walk for that, for those dollars. I, I just think that's a, that's a lot. And even though I like him a lot, that's a lot for a team that might not be ready to spend that much on a player at this stage in their development. I'll give you that. But Murphy, a one-year deal that's basically $12 million? I mean, come on. And you've got cap space. You've got space. You need a cornerback. You need him. You drafted him. He's a local kid. He went to Saguaro High School. Not that where he went to high school should have anything to do with it. I mean, it's like What should have to do is that he's a good football player, and yeah. he's in his prime, and you just let him go. I mean, this is a guy that shut down Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams had two catches for like 12 yards against him. He's very capable of being a, a really good cornerback. I, I, it's just, again, mind-boggling to me that they continue to let good football players go in their prime. This amazing nugget from Johnny Venerable from PHNX Sports. He tweeted this out this morning. I took a screenshot of it because it's just it's everything all in one tweet. The 2019 NFL Draft, the next seven picks after Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray went number one overall. The next seven picks, they're all gone. They're all gone. Byron Murphy, Andy Isabella, Zach Allen, Hakeem Butler, 
Deontay Thompson, Keyshawn Johnson, Lamont Gellard, all gone. Wow. Now, part of it that's crazy, that's crazy. is really poor drafting. Part of it yes. is really poor retention of actual assets that you had. That you don't have one player from a draft that was just four years ago left on your roster outside of your quarterback. It's just <laughs> fail. And, and that's why I like th- There's a plan somewhere in there. Monty Asimport has a plan. I mean, and if it's and if it's like, listen, we're, you know, we're, we're rebuilding. We're going to rebuild it with assets and draft picks, and you know, then okay, like you know, we're not going to spend this big money on players. Okay, like I, w- I just think it's prudent for the fans to kind of know what the plan is a little bit, so that way you don't sit there and say cheap Cardinals, cheap God, they didn't keep him, they didn't keep him, because look, the obvious, right? It does look like okay. You don't, you're unwilling to spend the money on good football players. Now, if you come out and somehow it gets explained in some roundabout way that the plan is that, yeah, this is a rebuild for a couple of years. We're really not in, you know, we don't want to invest $32 million in a guy at this point. Yeah, I'm All a right. big action speak louder than words guy. Um, and, and to me, the actions speak for themselves. I, I, the actions here are telling me this is a rebuild that's two or three years. And, and they are truly, they, they're going to tear this thing down to the studs. It's going to be about draft picks. It's going to be about resetting the cap. It's going to be about kind of financially and football-wise resetting everything. I I, I believe, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm being a homer, and I, I hope that's not the case. I believe they're not doing this because they're cheap. I believe they're doing this because Monty Austin Fort does have a plan, and his plan is tearing this thing down to the suds. We watch these remodeling shows all the time, yes. right, on HGTV, yeah. and sometimes the stars of the show walk in and look at the house and go, there's nothing here to keep. Nothing. You got to tear it down. Got to tear it down and start over. There's nothing here. The, the the bones the bones of this house are terrible. We have to start over. And I I can't help but to think that's what Monty Austin Fort. Now would it make you feel better? Fans feel better if Monty came out and said that. Just said, hey guys, I just got to tell you right now, we're starting from scratch and and we're doing a complete rebuild. I think it's pretty obvious that's what they're doing. But if it would make you feel better to hear them say it. Then maybe he if should come out not, and say then it. we all sit here and question, why didn't you spend $11 million to keep Byron Murphy? It was a second-round pick. You drafted him. He was a good player. He did some good things for you. Why didn't you keep him? Because now we're asking the question, why? Why didn't you keep the guy? And and if there's, a, if there's some reasoning, I think it's, yeah, I think we should know what the reasoning is. I think you owe it to the fans to kind of explain what the, what the plan's going to be a little bit. Now, eventually, you know, right now it's been a tough few days. The Arizona Cardinals are not getting good grades on the, the start of free agency. No. Hopefully they're rebounding. There's still plenty of time left. They're going to sign more guys. You know, right now it doesn't look good. Maybe it'll, it'll, it'll end up okay. Yeah, I, I think we've really started to enter, with a few exceptions, we've started to enter the, the one-year contract phase of free agency, and that's probably where Monty Austin Ford is planning to strike. You know, getting guys on one-year deals. There was a bunch of moves announced by the organization today. None of them hugely noteworthy. They're all players with connections either to Monty Austin Ford or Drew Petzing or Jonathan Gannon. One-year deals, two-year deals. Because White, of course, was announced today. We'll see. We'll see what the future brings. Jacoby Brissett, he's not coming here to back no. up the quarterback position. He's going to the Washington Commanders on a one-year deal. So there is still a lot of work to be done by the Cardinals. A lot. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. ASU basketball is next. We'll see you tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.